Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for notes on your notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Is today's episode a one about self-talk? Because <laughs> I'm worried if it is. Oh, dude, it's... Because it, it could it, be like... It could be about self-talk if that's what we want to do. But we tell our story, our stories to other people, but we also tell stories to ourselves internally all day long. And twice on Sunday. And twice on Sunday. And then on top of that, we have what, what I would call our cultural story, too. Which, which most of us are completely unconscious of. The, elaborate on what a cultural story is. Um, a cultural story that's been implanted into us uh, would be that... Um, oh, okay. Let, let's go back in time. In, in 1940, 1950, 1960s, if you were Catholic and divorced, you were evil. You were part of, of Satan. And that's, okay. a, that, that, that's a story that was told through the Catholic Church... And that we, you know, we, those people who were doing that in that time frame, collectively agreed. And that, and that if someone got a divorce, they were like wearing a scarlet letter. And today, no one cares if you were I, Yeah, no, I, I just see what you're saying. Like, I feel like there are a lot of, I think about that too, because I think there are a lot of, I'm, this may be different than what you're talking about. There are a lot of like cultural stories. Yeah. I grew up about what success were. Yeah, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's implanted into us where most of us are unaware of it. We just sort of like go along with the, with the program. And then, you know, it matters until it doesn't. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and it doesn't make, like today it doesn't make a difference if someone comes out as straight or gay or whatever in the music industry. No one cares. Right. But if you were in the 70s or 80s or whatever, it was like, ooh. I mean, Montgomery Cliff, everyone knows. Most people don't even know who he is, but... But if you did know who he was, he, he literally would never come out. Is he a famous general? <laughs> Sounds like a famous general in World War One. Yeah, he's a famous general. World was War he a famous gay no, general? No, he's an actor in the 50s. No, no um, I, knew, I knew that. But, well, but, but like Rock... I, I was like 90% sure that's who he was. Yeah, but Rock Hudson, for instance, that, that's a fairly yes. well... You know, he, he, when he came out, well, he was forced to come out because he had AIDS. You know, uh, all of a sudden the world was shocked. Yeah. So... Do you feel like these uh, things we tell ourselves, the cultural uh, narratives that we internalize as, in terms of our behavior, what is and isn't not acceptable, uh, what do you think the consequence of all that is? It's something to be very aware of in terms of, of the active story that I participate in. You know, I feel this super strongly because yeah. um, anytime you make a decision to allocate a certain portion of your life mm-hmm. to doing something which is um, really hard to make money off, mm-hmm. if you have any narrative around a certain amount of money equaling success, which I do, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, there's going to be some uh, pain for the character. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love talking in third person too. For the character, not yeah. you, for the character. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, because it has to do with the character's expectations. 
Oh, yeah. There's going to be expectations for the character and, you know, and probably the internalization of the expectations of others. Which is, yeah, when it's a cultural thing, then it, yeah. it, it ripples through um, all the relationships. And then those pressures, those the, the, the character will start to feel pressure, let's say, I don't know, from the mom or the dad, you know, if, with their expectations not being met. Right. And then it gets put upon uh, the other person. For sure. Um, and then and then we're talking about self-talk. Um and then the self-talk that the self-talk that we do with each other, with, with ourselves, because self-talk is the, is the primary thing. And the self-talk that I do that sets me up to have interactions with people in casting or interviews or uh, relationships or uh, of any kind, that self-talk that I prime myself with as before I go in is huge. Yeah, it's interesting. I met a woman recently who's raising money for a startup, mm-hmm. and she goes and sees someone who works on an unconscious level, he's a healer. Mm-hmm. And she does it because she doesn't want to go into any of those meetings with any unconscious programming in her brain that might be sabotaging herself. Which I thought was an interesting way of viewing it because I was like, that's true. Like, if you have some beliefs like no one believes in me or some crap going on underneath the surface, right? she's conscious enough to know, I don't want that running in my brain. She's conscious of unconscious patterns that are running. Well. I'm, I'm, having, use, I'm, I'm having fun. No, I know you're having fun. But, but yeah, that's, that's the game. But my question to you is, is self-awareness enough or do you need the help of an outside support person? Because I, I think that a lot of people are trying to be aware of these patterns, but it's mm-hmm. not enough. They can't do it themselves. Well, first of all, it's not enough, right? That's also a pattern right there. It's, I'm not enough. I'm never enough. I'm never enough. To that's go true. It's never, it's never going to be enough. Um, on top of that, I can't be aware of that which I'm not aware of. You don't and know what you don't know. I get it. I'm saying in know. terms of a practicality of like most, I think, I think you have to work extremely hard on self-awareness to do, to become conscious of it and change the belief without any outside help. So the reason why people work with people is is to shorten that time. I agree. Yeah. And I know people that work with people uh, who um, don't allow for what they're being shared with to really penetrate and to make an impact. And so even though they're showing up and they're paying the money and they're and they're and you know they're showing up on one level, they still haven't been able to open up to that new information resistance basically it's not a guarantee yeah and so you you increase your chances because you're working with someone but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the thing um but yeah however it works for you you know if if you find it's more beneficial just to keep keep uh working at it for yourself and going into nature or going into meditation or going into family dynamics and relaxing and breathing or working with people or a combination or what's what's your sense of it uh my sense of it is that you either have to have a dedicated awareness practice Mm -hmm. so meditation journaling or, and it's really not mutually exclusive. Ideally, you should have both. But I think there are just things sometimes that you can't see and then someone points it out to you and it clicks. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And some people are at a point in their life where they're ready to look at that. Mm-hmm. Some people become defensive around it because mm-hmm. it's too painful. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's in a different state at a different time. And 
I think the benefit of looking at it is uh, you open the door to trying to change it. Mm-hmm. And when you do change it, life can get a little bit easier and the world can quote unquote change around you, which is just means that I think the world starts to reflect a different reality because your internal reality has changed. So if you move to a place of positivity and belief in yourself, suddenly mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like you've done that much differently other than sort of change a belief, but there are these very subtle ways in which your choices change, in which the way you speak to people changes and the way you ask for help changes, you know, like all mm-hmm. these things, the world, and it feels like the world is moving around you mm-hmm. and it, that can happen very quickly and it can, or it can take years or decades, you know, it's no, mm-hmm. there's no way to know, or you can work at it for a long, long time and it can feel like nothing's changing. And then all of a sudden people are ready mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. taking those steps. Um, I'm impressed with people who manage to do it without much outside perspective, but that may be some people's way as well. They may not mm-hmm. be in a situation where they really trust anyone else. They don't want to hear it from other anyone else. Mm-hmm. They really need to just discover it themselves with their own tools. They need to write songs about it. They need to write journals about it. They need to write books about it, scripts about it. Mm-hmm. They need to meditate on it. And only then when they make, cause it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an internal decision, you know, it, it is an internal decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the only other thing I'd say is I have a lot of compassion for people who are aware of it, but can't always change it like right now, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not just because you're aware of something doesn't mean that you can necessarily make it go away instantly. Bingo. You know. Bingo. Yeah. Nothing changes until I change. Yeah. And I Be- guess because there is no other. I understand that from a philosophical perspective, for sure. Yeah, and so what the work the work that we do though is all about making these these things that we talk about and make them an experienced reality. To make them such an experienced reality that I don't have any doubt because I experience it. You're trying to take what's internal and make it external and concrete and expressed. Mm, say that again. If you take something internal and you make it, you express it. So let's say you have a loop in your brain that says. I'm not, I'm, I don't deserve I'm to be enough. heard. I'm never okay. I don't. I don't deserve to be heard. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. What'd you say? That was good. I like that. I'm sorry. Were you talking? That's how I feel all the time with Josh. Yeah. That I don't deserve to be heard. <laughs> now, Actually, now. Josh has dedicated his life to listening to other people. Um, if I have that loop, and let's say I do a monologue in which I'm the person who's never heard or something, I do something where I take that internal loop and I try to make it conscious. Mm-hmm. So it's not running in a, So I do a monologue. I write a song about it. I write in my journal. Mm-hmm. I meditate and I have some sort of insight, mm-hmm. you know, in silent meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that once you do that, for sure, you stand a greater chance of being able to change. As it's, long as you're not attached to that pain as your identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, long as that's mm-hmm. not like a comfortable place for you in which uh, you feel safe in your identity which can happen absolutely because because it becomes if i if i you know if i speak out the i am state then speak out the i am state yeah i'm never heard yeah i'm i'm now attaching myself to never heard because i'm saying i'm invoking i am and i am that i am is the is one of the primary uh, foundational uh, internal mantras so my question is why do you think this is so important for artists and creatives because okay I'll, I'll, I'll bring it to me so I'm hard-pressed and I do my best 
to always say, I eat a vegan diet mm -hmm. or I eat a plant-based diet. Right. Um, I'm very, hopefully I don't say, I am a vegan because I am evoking the I am state. And I feel that I am more than a vegan. So you, from an identity perspective, do not want to be locked into I am something. You'd rather focus on the action, the choice that you're making, which is the choices I choose to eat I, vegan. Uh, right. It's, it's, that's a behavior, but it's not, it's not who I am. It's like, with all due respect to everyone who's a Christian, I am a Christian. So then one day when you don't want to be a Christian anymore, what happens to you? I have a practice that is devoted to blah, blah, blah. As soon as I invoke the I am, I am saying this is, I'm attaching my ego, I'm attaching my, my essence to it, and, I'm, and I feel I am more than that. Wow, we went really far down a rabbit hole on this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josh came in and he's like, I was like, do you want to talk about what we're going to talk about today? He's like, no, yeah. let's just go. Let's just jump. I'm like, you sure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so th th because we're talking about self-talk, and as soon as I go, I'm an idiot, I'm stupid, I'm never enough, I never get it right, uh, no. I'll always keep doing this the rest of my life. I'll always be like this. I'll always be like this. Yeah, you're, you're double implanting it into you because you're invoking I am. So are you speaking just, I mean, look, this is applicable to anybody trying to do anything with their life, but do you think this is particularly critical for actors and writers and creatives? And it's, it's, it's imperative that artists become aware of, that's why awareness is key. They become aware of anything, conscious and unconscious patterns to the best of, of everyone's ability because then you can see what's running the show. And once you, once you know what's running the show, you, can, you, can, you are, mm, I don't want to say above it, but you have a sense of it which is different than someone who's in it. I can't, like if I just, if I just had a divorce and I'm going through the emotional reverberations of a divorce, I can only write to that or act in that in a certain way. As soon as I have some perspective and I can see it from a larger, larger perspective, larger perspective than the character's perspective, then I can, I can bring more mm, nuance, more variation, more colors, more to it, right? Absolutely. Like you yeah. start to experience a different reality. Yeah. So it's the same thing with all of life. So if, 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 I'm, not if I'm not aware of certain things that are running in me, because that's what the characters are going to do. I have to write from a, from a different perspective than the character. That's true. I have to hold that space, otherwise I'm just repeating patterns. But this is about self-talk, and so, so one of the ways that you do that by becoming aware of self-talk, the inner self-talk, because the outer self-talk uh, is um, sometimes easier to spot, but the inner dialogue that's running is challenging sometimes, is mental and physical relaxation, which we've done a couple episodes about, uh, and um, and opening up awareness, which some of the exercises I do in the classes I, I, I teach, we do a lot of awareness exercises. Uh, I, I have to be aware, and I have to be aware of that which I'm not aware. And the reason why, and you know, I don't talk about this a lot because, is because, um, I don't know, I just don't talk about myself a lot, but um, is that, um, my self-talk is like not is you know I'm I'm very challenged. I'm very challenged by my self-talk. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. You're not alone. I'm not alone. But it's still I'm not discounting it. It's hard. And so because of that, I um I've ha I've had to 
because I see how my my self talk, my negative patterns, behaviors, and thoughts, you know, lead to you know incredible downward spirals, uh, which then get in the way of my artistic creative expression. And you know, from a certain perspective, that's been my um, impetus. Uh, to want to grow out of that is because it's like wow it's really hampering my ability to express as as a creative as an artist and because of that it gives me the mm, interest the courage the to uh, to want to weed out those those thoughts yeah I think it's so true it's uh, it's it's very honest to hear you say that it <laughs> happens I think to many people in many ways I think that it's irritating me sometimes because I think people who have lower volumes of that mm -hmm. naturally just do better in their in mm -hmm. their creative careers. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to look at people that were manic depressives and go, "God, if only." Yeah, you know what I mean? Because at least they get the manic part. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all I got was the depressed part, and then depressed about being depressed. Yeah, you know, and then you know, and the ensuing thoughts and feelings that come after that, which. I'll spare us for right now, but one can only imagine. Yeah. I actually, I met someone who came up with a lot of the people who are now, or some of the people who are now on Saturday Night Live. Hmm. And I asked her whether the people she thought would get on Saturday Night Live among the groups she came up with are hmm. the ones who did. And she said, no. She said the most brilliant people, the most comedically, um, mm -hmm clever were not the people that actually ended up there mm -hmm. she said it was the people who were willing to go out night after night and just try something new and fail again and again and they would just and and the big thing is that when they would quote-unquote fail meaning the audience did not react the way we wanted mm -hmm. they would just go out the next night and try something else and that's really interesting to me because i don't know that you can switch that on or off as a human being because it's so deep that desire to be wanted by the audience to be that approval but i do think it's a definitely a strength to be less affected and to be persistent and less affected by some external measure of success because it's really consistency and going out again that's the most important thing so i'm going to throw out two words here and it's really important as as artists uh because uh it's it, it's the thing that helps you move forward which is one is resilience and one and the other is grit Mm. And to have both of those, you know, would be uh, an amazing uh, asset in terms of development because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to go down. You're not going to go for the downward spiral. So Josh used the word resilience. Um, and one of the questions actually that comes out of positive psychology, which is really focused on resilience, is it, when you get into these self-talk modes, just to ask yourself, not forcing it but just to ask yourself what is another way of viewing this situation mm -hmm. so if the thought is this will never work just even ask yourself like what is the potential other way i could view this mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't even have to be you don't have to feel it we know you're not going to feel it because you're trapped in that loop but just say well like if i try there's a chance that this could go in a different direction even <laughs> just saying that there's a chance <laughs> just to just to put that maybe, in your head. yeah maybe. just to even put that in your brain mm -hmm. i think changes things yeah absolutely and and changing up your point pov your point of view which is as actors and writers we, we're doing that if we're effective at our work we are going to be able to be very facile with changing up 
points of view, how the character thinks and feels, yeah. and and be facile with it to the point where we can really embody it and take it, let it allow it to take over our thoughts and feelings. And the cool part is, is that then we can take that resource and then apply it to ourselves in our personal life. Yeah. If we're working from an organic perspective, if we're working from a from an external perspective, the likelihood of that happening is slim to none. Yes. Yes, I agree. I also want to put out a pitch for just getting support when needed. Because if you're trapped in that loop, I think for some people it just gets really dark dark, and you just need help. Oh, yeah. And that could be like reaching out to Josh as someone who, <laughs> the performance coach. Because Josh is really actually... 1-800. Yeah. Josh is really good at encouraging the best in others' creativity. Mm-hmm. But look, I'll say an example. For my, I'm on the eighth draft of a one-hour dramatic TV pilot right now. It's still not where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have encouraged me along the way. They like the idea. They like some of the dialogue, but it's not my vision. And it's like, whoa, I'm on the eighth draft, and this is still no. So I, I had to, I had to grow up and uh, sign up for a class. You know? Yeah. I would just be like, okay, I'm gonna go take a few classes from this person I know who specializes in in writing the one-hour drama. Maybe I'll learn something, maybe I'll not, but it'll just be good to be around other people mm-hmm, who are going along that journey. Because there was something, there was some negative talk that was getting into my head. Like, yeah. this will never get there. Yeah, why even bother? Yeah, why? Like, yeah. Or, and it gets becomes regretful. Mm-hmm. Can't believe I invested so much time in this project. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great, that's fantastic. But see, that's what you want to do for your character. So when you're, when you're writing your character, you want to be able to harvest those thoughts that you have and implant them into your character because that's how the character is going to grow. Yeah. So everything everything that you don't want to do in your life is what you need to put into your work. Yes. Like one of the worst things you can do as a human being is to give yourself a binary choice, either chocolate or vanilla. That's the worst thing you can do because then you create a split and you create conflict. And that's exactly what you want to do for your, for your work is yeah. you want to put your, your character into a position where they have to choose one or the other. <laughs> You want it in your own life to be the opposite. flexible and open to new possibilities. Yes, the opposite. So whatever you do, whatever you do in your life, unconsciously, that's what you want to put in your characters. Absolutely. Well. Glad we solved that. <laughs> wow. Uh, wait till you get our bill for this therapy <laughs> session today. Speaking of, speaking of bills, um, you, know, I, you know, I know the holidays are upon us and, you know, people celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas and, you know. Uh, was there anything that you want to listen to? Are we about to pitch a technology wish list for the podcast? <laughs> for you, Adam, because people people write to me and they tell me how much they fall in love with your voice and that they would fall in love with your voice even more if you had a better mic. <laughs> All right, I'll just go down the mic. So uh, there's some gear I'd like to buy for the show. Gearhead. Uh, one is a Sound Devices Mix Pre 3, which is a new recorder. Uh, I need a side announce mic and uh, Josh, what was that thing you sent me? Oh, that little like sound booth in a box. Sound booth in a box, yeah. which I want. Uh, uh, I was, can't believe we're was, like groveling for gear the, right now. That was 189 plus tax. Um, you know, if, if, if you can't find the exact thing, you can always send Adam the SKU. Is that right? The, the, you can just send me an email being like, I'd like to buy you something. <laughs> you hear that? That's crickets. That's crickets. That's the sound of our email, our email account going dormant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gmail contacted us. And said, Are you guys still there? Is this? Like we never had this. Yeah. There's just radio silence on an email account. Huh. <laughs> even junk mail. We don't even get junk mail anymore. Yeah, notes on your notes at Gmail. <laughs> notes on your notes at Gmail. You can uh, also join 
the fans online, our Facebook page notes on your notes, our Instagram account notes on your notes as well. Uh, we will not grovel for gear. <laughs> Mostly we'll just give you content and then you can DM with Josh. Yes. Uh, yeah. The music on our show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and the design and editing is concerned is courtesy of me. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.